You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus. Episode 87. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters while you discover the path to a home that inspires you. You will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful stuff. my dear friend. Today we're going to talk about how to clean a room when you have ADHD. Now I want to just start this episode off and just say that I have never been officially diagnosed with ADHD, but I can go down any rabbit hole. I can create a rabbit hole where there is none. And so cleaning a space is a challenge that I've had, especially if I have sort of an open amount of time to do it, like something that I want to do. And over the two years of this podcast, I've talked to you a lot about systems and strategies and ways to find more order and harmony in your life. And all of that really comes back to this inherent challenge that I've suffered with. I I watch my oldest daughter and she listens to this podcast, um, which I'm incredibly grateful for, suffer with too. And, you know, watching her and her frustration and her um, frustration with herself, uh, I recognize that frustration with myself that I had kind of worked around, you know, not worked around and not necessarily always Um, successful, healthy ways. So I really want to dive deep into this topic today. And one of the reasons why is because as of this recording, uh, my husband is finishing up a journey that he took uh, to France with um, his daughter, my stepdaughter. And uh, so I had a whole, a little over a week with him out of the house and there are just things that I wanted to do. I just wanted to get the house clean. And one of the mistakes I made at the beginning of the week was not defining exactly what that looked like to me. And So as I started to think about what I wanted to accomplish in these eight and a half days, because of course at the beginning of the week, I intended to 
or envisioned <laughs> taking advantage of every single minute that I had. For those of you who are brand new here, uh, first off, welcome. I'd love to know how you found the podcast. And we do have a community forum where you can pop over. That's a piece of information I would love to know. Uh, just so I can thank who brought you here, um, even if it's the universe, for, um, you know, for the Google <laughs> who brought you here. But to just give you a little background, the a year and a half ago, my husband, it's coming up on two years. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my husband and I moved into a house that was uh, uninhabitable um, by most people's, most American, like middle-class American standards uh, for certain. And we set off on this as sort of an adventure, as a money-making opportunity to take advantage of the real estate market. And... If you've been here for a little while, you know that I will tell you, if ever given the opportunity to live in a house that needs a 100% transformation, no matter how skillful you are, especially if you're planning on doing the majority of the work yourself, don't do it. I can't, I mean, it's certainly been a learning experience. Um, I mean, it's been a university education level learning experience, I would say, because the amount that I have learned about myself, about my husband, about conflict, um, about uh, transformation has, has been insightful, but there's not been and, and it's been rewarding in the end, but it has not been easy. So with that said, I had this brief opportunity to clean because when you live in a state of ongoing construction, you and especially if you have a Virgo showing up in a couple of places in your astrology chart, it's hard to ever feel like something is completely done or completely clean or simply to relax in the energy of a space that is feels supportive. Because it's so easy to always look for what's wrong. And we've certainly talked about that before. But today we're going to talk about just a practical method for getting, whether it's a single room or if you have a like brief window of time where you want to do cleaning and you are like me and you get so easily distracted and all of a sudden the world is filled with you know inspiration and ways you can change things and things you need to do in the process and one simple room clean ends up being 
three or four hours of time have lapsed and you're not to where you really wanted to be. And we have a tendency to really beat ourselves up on the other side of that. That is the least productive thing that we could do. So I'm going to give you a process. I'm going to flip everything kind of on its head for you for a second. And I'm going to start with a story. One of the biggest arguments that my ex-husband and I ever had before we got to that place where <laughs> life was, you know, back in the part of our marriage, which, you know, we thought was going pretty well. One of our biggest arguments was right before we had a party planned, we had people coming over and I don't remember exactly what it was. I have a feeling that it was supposed to be outside because I remember the weather being really beautiful. And I had sort of sent everybody out, you know, sent them to the gym, uh, to the Y where, you know, the kids did their thing. It could have even been the pool because I was going to clean and get ready for this party. And I wanted everybody out and I was going to just do a clean finish up the cooking, everything we needed to do. And he came home with kids and he found me outside in the backyard with three huge trash bags laid out on the ground and the étagé, like the metal bookcase thing that was super popular in the late, like mid, late 90s in white and brass that was in our kitchen, laying on those trash bags and me with a can of black matte spray paint. And it was about three hours before our guests were supposed to show up. And he was, he was pissed. He was mad. He was livid. He, and to me, I just thought this was a necessary piece of the transformation that I had envisioned. It was how I wanted my kitchen to appear to others when they came over and I couldn't understand how he could be so mad because in my mind, I still had time to do what I felt like needed to be done. And instead of mopping the floors like I had said I was going to do, I was out here spray painting this metal etage. And of course, I got mad that he was mad. And the last thing I needed when I was, you know, feeling the stress of 
trying to get everything together and get all these things done. And now there were children here and was, I don't have the, the mental space to deal with you being mad on top of all of this. And it took me several years to understand why he was mad because everything got done everything got clean and the other thing he demanded was he demanded he demanded that I stop you know he he wanted me to stop in mid process and go do what I said I was going to do and to me that just was so illogical because I was already halfway done And in retrospect, I can even see why that wasn't necessarily a ridiculous request. Let me know if this sounds familiar. Because this is what I caught myself doing three days ago when I started on this process of the super clean of my home. I decided I was going to start with the downstairs bathroom. It's the most highly trafficked bathroom. The light fixtures were installed before a patch that needed to be done to the ceiling was done. But because of the configuration of the light fixture, it was really almost impossible to install because of the glass chandeliers that had to go on. And it was designed for you to put the, 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 the glass on them after it was installed, but didn't think about that when I ordered it and realized that it was going against the wall. So I couldn't take the glass off and clean it. So it turned into those, one of those things on the, when I get a chance checklist. So this week was the, the week that the, when I get a chance, all those items that had accumulated on my mental, when I get a chance to do are supposed to get done. Another thing on that when I do checklist was touch up the paint on the vanity that I had painted for that room. So when I started, I figured it'd take me, I gave myself about an hour to clean the floor, clean the shower, you know, scrub the toilet, scrub behind the toilet, like do a really good deep clean on that room. I knew I wanted to give the floor really, really, really good scrub because that hadn't been done to the extent that I wanted it to since we started using the bathroom. And we had to start using it right away because for a while there, it was the only bathroom in our house. And we had three people in it a lot of the times at the same time. And it's a really, really tight, tiny space. So it, it ha even though it was a year and a half old, it was starting to have, 
you know, feel that wear and tear. And so I just really wanted to give it that refresh and beautiful glow that it had had before. So as I started cleaning, you know, I using my non-toxic cleaning products, which the bathroom cleaning um, bottle that I have mixed up was in the, and I use Branch Basics for all my cleaning if you're new here. Uh, it was, you know, you're in the bathroom, but, you know, I needed the glass cleaner. And then I thought I needed, you know, to scrub the floor. I wanted the um, that bleach-free oxygen boost, which I keep upstairs in my laundry room because that's primarily where we use it because it's what, you know, keeps our laundry fresh and white. And, uh, but it, 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 you know, I knew it would be perfect to clean out the grout we don't have a lot of grout because I designed it intentionally knowing this was going to be a high traffic area, but there was just one area that people do walk through that the grout had gotten a little bit darker and I knew I could, it'd be pretty easy to, to clean it up. So as soon as I walked out of the bathroom, I walked upstairs to the laundry room. I saw that my husband's shirt was, the stains didn't come out. And he had used his, the one product that we still have in our house that does not meet my non-toxic standards is his spray and wash. And because I was going to switch the laundry since I was in the laundry room, I took it out and started to hang it up and saw that the spots that he had tried to get out right before he left for vacation were still there. So I thought, aha. This is my chance to prove that his method does not work and mine does. So I laid the shirt out. I sprayed my, my spray on it. I put the little bit of oxygen boost on there. I scrubbed it in. I wet it down. I let it sit. I realized that I have two hampers. I don't really need two hampers. So I walked up to the laundry room, which is also my closet, which is off of our master bedroom. And I started reorganizing my closet, which led to reorganizing my bedroom. After about half an hour, I gave myself a time check and I recognized that I was already way off track. So I sat down and made a plan. I realized in that moment that this week was going to come to an end and I will have moved a lot of things around. But what I truly intended to do at the start of the week wasn't going to happen unless I got consciously serious about exactly what I wanted to do and made a plan that felt good. And all of those pieces are key to what I'm going to what I'm going to teach you here today. I went back down to the bathroom. I stood outside of it and I took a good solid inventory of each of the items that I wanted to take care of. I looked very slowly and carefully around the room to find anything 
that might pop up and send me down a rabbit hole that would keep me from my end, my end goal, my end result. And then I took just a couple minutes standing in that doorway and let myself feel exactly what I wanted to feel when my task was done. And I stood there in that energy and that alone gave me a sense of clarity on how to proceed without jumping off the rails again with something that was very simple. And I knew I had some bigger tasks that I wanted to complete. And I knew if I could find a solution in this tiny little bathroom to my tendency to be in 20 different places at once, then I knew that I could have a really productive, relaxing, exciting week in this space that I do truly appreciate. And I wanted to be able to appreciate it when he came home. And I also sat in the energy if you've been here for a little bit, you know that even the way I started this, this recording today, you know that I've had to work through some resentment to the situation that we're in. And I know that has caused issues in my relationships not just my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my stepdaughter. And so my inability to feel like I had, I'm going to call it control of my space, the space that I had envisioned when we set out on this journey, how adorable it could be, how cute and livable and practical and all of the things that I know that I get to do with my client, how bringing that into my space, how bringing it together, how we could use our, our all of our skills, how we could combine them and make this the place that we wanted to be and how I reflect back the frustration of the tools sitting on the bar and the the shoes on the bench and you know my art supplies ending up in five different places because they really don't have a home because the closets are finished like all of that is the energy that this house was holding and it was the energy that we were bringing to each other that wasn't helping either one of us and I could change that and I could change that by starting off in this one tiny, but really, really, really adorable bathroom. So I made my list and I gathered all my cleaning products together, which they are sort of together, but that was one thing I had always done before just because 
I was, I, I didn't feel like I was in kind of this constant mode of like cleaning up after whatever construction was going on. They had a place they had, so they could just, I could just grab them because the system that I use, the branch basics and the, um, the, there's a couple of doTERRA products in there that I use as well, but for sort of this heavier cleaning, primarily it's, it's my branch basics, it's my microfiber cloths, it's my lemon essential oil. There wasn't that much to have to pull together, but they weren't the way that I had, I, I they weren't, I realized that my system that I think exists hadn't actually moved into this house with me. And so that got added to my list to just have one place where one principal cleaning set of stuff is, and because my cleaning products are so simple, it was really, you know, that's going to be really easy to do. But it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Putting them together wasn't going to happen until this space was clean. The other really both cool and potentially dangerous thing about one, the products that I use, one, the way all cleaning products are supposed to be used, but because we live in such an instant gratification kind of society, we tend to use more product instead of giving the product time to work. And one of the things I love about the Branch Basic system is you spray a little bit of the the cleaner on, you sprinkle a little bit about the of the oxygen boost, and then you spray a little bit more cleaner, and it starts to foam up, and it starts to start doing the work that it's you know that you want it to do without any kind of chemicals. And but you need to give it a minute, and those minutes are dangerous when. You have 1,700 different thoughts going on in your head in that time frame. And as soon as you think, okay, I need to let this sit for five minutes, and you don't know exactly what you're going to do with those five minutes, it can turn into a whole, it can turn into a train wreck. It can derail your process before it even starts. So while the intention setting, the clear idea of exactly what you want to accomplish are critical to this process and the first steps that you want to do, having a timer and preferably one that's not on your phone is a really important part of this as well. Now, most of us have a timer built into our oven. We have a timer built into our microwave, yes, we have a fantastic timer on our phone. And if where you're working or where you're cleaning isn't near a secondary timer, if you have like a kitchen egg timer, you can do that too. I know they're not nearly as popular these days. Uh, probably some said you can find in a thrift store, but 
don't go out to the thrift store in the middle of your cleaning process. I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of that at some, pro at some point. If you're going to use your phone, set it in airplane mode and turn off your notifications. And if you think, God, Lynn, that sounds extreme. Like, really? You will be so thankful when you recognize what you're capable of when you limit the outside distractions. And you'll see how much time you have to do those things that feel overwhelming. And I know for me, as soon as the emotion of, of overwhelm or frustration sets in, that's when I get derailed. That's when I start thinking of a hundred different things that I could do in that moment to shift the way that like the world around me is is going it's it's funny it's almost like this creative portal opens up and i turn it into i can't or you know i try and then i can't because i have an unrealistic expectation of my time and what i can do in my time and having control of your time is a really powerful tool that you can use. So I recommend if you're anywhere near a timer that is not your, your phone, please, please, please use that. So the system that I was using to scrub the floor, that was really the biggest part of this that needed to be done that I knew I would feel so much better if it was done. And I'm so grateful. It's I, I just go in there and just look at the beautiful floor now because it is truly beautiful. And I've forgotten that. But I set my timer for five minutes. And instead of what I normally do, it's like, okay, I have five minutes. Let me, oh, that's right. There's that drawer down in the guest room that has stuff in it that probably should go in a box because it'd be really nice when guests come over. Not that I have any guests scheduled to come over for the next month. It'd be really nice if that drawer was open so they, you know, could unpack, they could feel comfortable. That'd be a great thing to do. Normally that's the way my brain works. And then of course, you know what happens as soon as I get down to the guest room. You know, the pillows need to be refluffed. And I was like, wow, I haven't vacuumed down here in a little bit. So I didn't do that. Instead, I did the things that I typically don't budget for in the process. Like, do I have to go to the bathroom? Do I need a drink of water? Would a big glass of ice cold water be really nice right next to my cleaning? And I grabbed a pen and paper and my journal and I set it right outside. I wrote down those 
thoughts of things that I could do with my time. I wrote down some pretty insightful thoughts that had popped up in the cleaning process, like while I was actually cleaning the floor. And I got a nice glass of water. I put some lemon in it and grabbed my rags, everything I needed to do to finish up with the items that used those same products. So cleaning the shower, cleaning the floor, cleaning the sink. And I had it all ready. So as soon as the timer went off, I could go in there whenever I'm in an active mode, whenever I'm physically doing something, I'm not nearly as likely to run off and to go off on a tangent to go somewhere else. The act of completion is something I often struggle with. But because I had taken the initial step of visualizing what the space looked like when it was clean and done and I can move on to the next set of tasks, I didn't get the urge to rearrange the artwork. Now there is great, if you are doing the deep cleaning of a room, I highly recommend, you know, if you have art that's not attached to the walls, you know, pick it up, wipe behind it. Um, when spring cleaning, we talked about this in spring cleaning, you know, you want to clean behind your, your light sockets, all of that, like everything that's dust accumulates kind of that negative energy that I talked about in, in the beginning. And whether you subscribe to that, that method of thinking or not, you, you felt it to some level when you walked into, you know, when you walked into a space and it felt off, whether it's your space or whether it's somebody else's space and it affected you. And we've all felt how amazing it feels to, you know, go into a space that's just been completely cleaned. And it's, especially if you have a busy household with, you know, little people or teenagers, that's a whole different story or, you know, things going on or busy schedule or super busy work schedule, you know that this isn't, you know, this might not be something that your whole house can experience on a regular basis. But when it does, it cleaning one space can elevate the energy of, of everything else. And for those of us who really struggle because we see everything, we see all the opportunity a space that can have, and we go into transformation mode as opposed to cleaning mode, it can lead to a lot of frustration. And at the end of the day, what it leaves us with is this, this this feeling of, of, of lack of control or out of control. I'm going to warn you about sort of the both-sidedness of the, the, like, the list idea too. Because that's another place where you can get lost. And I don't want you to. If a mental list is something that, that works well enough for you, then I encourage you to go that route. I like to just take mental pictures of things. 
And one of the reasons I do that is because I know if I start making a list, I'll also add to that list all the things that I've already done. So just so I can check them off because that feels productive and it's not really productive. <laughs> it's just a way of that way that we've been trained to feel like we have done something. So, but if you really do get like if you are an a uh, uh, if you are a list maker and that's one of your tools that that you learn to use successfully to keep yourself on track and keep yourself organized and you you get additional energy and adrenaline from that depending on your human design type that's a real thing so e that's both that either or you know I don't want uh, it it's not bad to add things to your list that you've already done so that you can check them off because it makes you feel like you've done something. If your human design speaks to you needing energy from outside yourself and that motivates you, then, you know, I, I don't want you to, you know, it, it. again, we never, ever, ever want to beat ourselves up for what we've done. We look at it and we decide, okay, was this effective? Did it, was it moving towards my end goal? Or why did I feel compelled to do this? But if you wanna make a list and you wanna tape it to the door and you wanna check it off as you go, and if that keeps you motivated, then do it by all means. That could be your tool. That could be what you need to stay on track. The other thing that I made myself do is I made myself stay in close proximity to what I was doing as a manifesting generator who loves doing and, and gets energized by doing 10 or 15 things at once. And my brain feels expansive when it's thinking of that next thing, when it's creating that next idea, having that pad of paper handy to just go do the little things that I thought of. It was so much easier to say, oh, that's right. I'm having people over on Wednesday night. I need to turn the ice maker on instead of stopping in the middle of what I was doing and going into the kitchen and turning the ice maker on was so much more effective because I had it all there when I was done to go on and organize my next set of tasks. Now, I don't want you to, I know sometimes that seeing, you know, once you go through a process and, and you find a system on the other side and somebody translates that process to you, it makes doing something seem and feel overwhelming. I can fall into that. I, I, I can I can get overwhelmed really easily. And overwhelm turns into frustration. And frustration used to lead to really nothing getting done. But now, because I know my human design, I can recognize frustration as my not self theme, which means that I'm out of alignment with where I want to be and where I need to be. So I use that now as an indicator of what to adjust. And that frustration, because I caught it very early on in the process, actually turned into this podcast where I was able to create this six-step process to dealing with my 
normal lack of ability to focus and turning it into something where I could proceed step by step through the rest of my house and really enjoy and appreciate all that my husband and I have done, all that we are capable of, our talents, our the, the gifts, not only of us, but of our material possessions, our things that gifts that we've received, things that people have given to us, things that we've acquired, acquired together, acquired individually, things that truly make a house a home. And I think at the end of the day, that's the place we, we really want to be. You know, I think we all yearn for our living spaces to support us and feel harmonious with the life that we're living and much of our conditioning takes us out of that alignment and leads to frustration. And if you've ever walked into somebody's house, it's like, you know, perfectly clean, yet still comfortable. And you think, I could never get here. I could never do that. I certainly spent a lot of my time creating sort of the facade of that, you know, like I can, I can get it there for, you know, a couple days, but then it feels like it sort of erodes away. And I didn't, and it's really easy to blame, you know, my husband and his giant feet with his big shoes that are, all, you know, all over the place and his tendency to leave things wherever he was. Uh, my children, when they were, when they were home and, you know, what I would say is like sort of disrupting um, the, you know, the cleanliness, the harmony of things. Um, and having the opportunity to just look at the role that I play in kind of wanting more than I can accomplish in a time frame, but yet still expecting things to be a certain way. So that process of giving ourselves grace and taking a realistic view of what's going on, what we're capable of, and what the end result we really can achieve is, is a really powerful place to put yourself in. And it's a real, it's, it's a key to creating a sense of harmony because all of those things that we think that we can't do and that we blame for causing us to have things go a certain, you know, end up a certain way, that's energy that, that piles up as well. And that it's like a, it's like you could almost visualize it like trying to move through maple syrup. And it's the very reason I titled this podcast what I did because I know so many of you can identify with this, even if you're like me and have never had a formal diagnosis of ADHD because it, when we were kids, that wasn't something that's common and it wasn't as common in our culture to give things conditions, action situations, 
of a name, a diagnosis. And I'm going to touch on that before we wrap because I had some insight there that I think would be useful for you to think about process. And I wanted to share that. But I want to cover just the last couple steps to this process before we do that. And I intentionally or not intentionally (laughs) didn't name each of the steps because I wanted you to, to tap into your own energy of the places where if you feel like you struggle with this as well or you feel like you could just never get things clean or you feel like you do but it's overwhelming and you dislike it I want you to tap into your own energy instead of giving you a numbered list which a lot of times I do when there's you know how to's and I'm gonna do that at the end because each of these elements are critical or at least I found to creating my process and so I didn't want to just give you a number and a list which is so common today because I know what I do when somebody does that for me I drift off into my own thoughts and I might miss number three and number four and have to go back but I wanted you to sit in the energy of what can transpire when you have a process as opposed to what you might it it, it can be really really funny and I see memes all the time of how off track we can get but those memes don't talk about how we feel about ourselves when we get off track and those memes also don't talk about some of the brilliant ideas and innovations that can come up when we're doing, when we're doing something and having a plan in place to capture those thoughts instead of moving into the energy of being frustrated with yourself and time slipping away and things not getting done isn't what you want at the end of the day. So once you have proceeded through your mental or physical checklist and only those items that you started with, only those items when you stood in the doorway and said, this is what I want to accomplish in this time frame. Step outside you put everything back together. If it's, you know, something like a bathroom where you cleared things out so you could do things like clean the floor or fluff the towels or, you know, whatever it is that you decided that you were going to do. You're going to repeat step one. You're going to stand in that doorway and you're going to appreciate exactly what you accomplished. Now, even if 
you only got halfway through your list and time ran out, that last step is still the most critical step to the process. Because life is a learning experience. And I know you've, you've heard Oprah say it when it's, she quotes it from Maya Angelou, when you, when you know better, you do better. Beating yourself up or getting halfway through the list doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you for sure. But standing there in the end and appreciating what you did accomplish in your time frame, the things you did stay on track for, the things that you did do that you wanted to do, is going to elevate your ability to move on to your next vision, move on to your next goal with more clarity, more self-confidence, more structure. Structure could be a scary word for us creatives. And a lot of us try and avoid it. And there are times we need to avoid it because a lot of us don't work well in other people's structure. We don't respond well to other people's shoulds. We fall into other people's successful ways of doing things. And this, this podcast might not be you. This podcast might be your child. Helping your child navigate their own inability to focus and get something done is really a skill that you can help guide them through with some of just by not telling them these steps, but doing it alongside them, introducing them to these different ideas of moving from point A to point B to point C to end up at the end result. Instead of thinking of a project or instead of thinking of something that you want to do as a linear set of actions, if we think of it as a full circle, we start at the success point. We've already succeeded when we begin, when we feel what we want to accomplish and then end at that same place. That can have so much value for so many other areas of our lives. And if that's a skill that you can translate to your child on even the simplest set of tasks, then you, my friend, have massively succeeded as a parent. So let's review the steps. Step one, set the attention intention of what it's going to feel like when you have accomplished what it is that you have decided that you want to do in the time frame that you've set yourself to do it. I didn't set those out as two separate items because sometimes that time frame is fluid. So part of setting the intention is also part of creating the mental and physical space to, to do the action in. 
So that's number one. And I don't want you to just think it. I want you to feel it complete. I want you to feel it done and experience it, what it feels like once it is done. Step two is to make a comprehensive list of what you intend to do. That can be a mental list where you look slowly around each space and create a mental checklist so that you can proceed through that mental checklist, organize the actions that you're going to take. And that can be as simple or as complex as you need it to be. It can be a physical checklist if you operate better from there. And as you're doing that, you want to ask yourself, is, is my checklist aligned with, with the reality of the time that I have? And is my checklist aligned with what's important to the end result? Break down the time limits of what you think the different steps are going to take. And you don't need to write this on your list. This can be, again, have a slight sense of fluidity if that's something that you need. But the more accurate and the more you hold yourself to those, those time lists, then the more satisfied you're going to be on the other side of this. Step four is you're going to gather everything that you need because you know everything that you're going to do and you've limited your, your, your list. You've defined your list. So you know what you need. You know when you're going to not stray from there. Included in that list is a way to set a timer for when something needs to sit or if like say for instance laundry is part of this or you know anything that's going to have a you know a, a set amount of time setting a timer is going to be the greatest gift that you can give to yourself and then making sure that you stick to it when it goes you know when it goes off make sure that you're not already you know you've let yourself go into go off on a tangent into some other tasks. And a pen and paper is also a part of what you need. Keep a pen and paper nearby because when those ideas come up or when those things that you didn't think of when you were doing your initial inventory come up, you can write them down. And if you have time at the end and you want to do that, that's fantastic. If you need to set it aside for a later date, then you can do that, but you'll still get to the end result, which is that feeling of accomplishment. And that's the goal that we want. That's the whole purpose of this, because this is going to train our brain a new skill that says, I might get distracted. I might go off in a hundred different directions. I might want to go off in a hundred different directions when I'm, when I'm doing such a simple set of tasks 
but I can accomplish exactly what I want to accomplish. And that's a powerful thing for your brain to know because it's going to respond differently the next time. And that's the whole purpose of this exercise. Then you're going to take action. Number five is to proceed with what you intended to do. You're going to go through the actions in the order, if at all possible, that you set from the very beginning. And number six, the last and final step of this process is to, I want to say rinse and repeat because I'm thinking of the shower. You want to stand in that same space that you started in and appreciate what you've done. You want to feel the success of you. And that is the purpose of everything that we did to get to this place. So I'm going to close with this because I think it's it's something that might come up for a lot of us. And it goes back to our belief systems. And again, it's it's why I titled the the podcast episode cleaning with ADHD because I know that everybody who read that title that goes off in a hundred directions when they're trying to clean can identify with it instantaneously. And I also know the way we operate in Western society is we've come to believe that our struggles, our challenges, our feelings are only valid if they've been acknowledged. And in the way that we operate in Western society, and I believe a lot of that is attributed to not being not feeling like we're fully heard is our our struggles our feelings our challenges are only valid if we can put a title on them if we can put a name on them the number of times that I feel like people have had a sense of relief when they've finally been given a diagnosis, when a doctor has finally said, I hear you, I can give you a title, I can give you a name, is because we feel like now that we know what's off, it gives us the opportunity to flip the switch. It gives us the opportunity to change it. But unfortunately, it also becomes a story that we go back to over and over and over when we fall into a familiar pattern, a familiar 
set of brain waves, you know, they, they get on that same highway that they've, they've been on so many times. And that's literally how our brains work. They're designed to create these pathways. They create these to speed up the process. But when we're telling ourselves stories over and over and over, those pathways become ruts. They become these, these entrenched ditches that we can't get ourselves out of. And sometimes just tiny little steps that stray off the path can help us to see a new way. And so what we really wanted when we got that acknowledgement that this is our struggle, this is what our challenge is, this is what we deal with every single day with every single thing we do. If we can be the ones who tell ourselves, wait a minute, I think there's a different way. I think what I was doing before wasn't working. So let's try this little thing and see if maybe we can get the res we can get to what we really want instead of sliding back off into that rut instead of sliding back into that story that that we've come to allow to define us and allow to put its big rubber stamp on every single aspect of our life and if this applies to your child and not you and you're frustrated because you'd love to help them but you haven't had success in that i encourage you to bring them into you doing this process in a space that is not theirs a space that they don't have responsibility for. Because I know if you're a mom, especially a busy mom with a busy household like me, it's a lot easier to find places for other people's stuff than it is for your own. It's a lot easier to make decisions about other people's stuff than it is your own. And it's no different for our little people because they go through, go through the same process that we do when we're, is this dirty? Is this clean? How many times did I wear it? Do I need to wash it? What did I use this for? Do I want to keep it? Should I let go of it? All of those questions come up for them too. They might not realize it, all of it, all that it feels like to them is I don't know what to do with this. But if they're in a space that's not theirs, if they're in your space, if you make it fun, if you're there beside you, if you're spending time with them, they'll learn the same processes that maybe you've been telling them all along that just haven't clicked because they haven't felt it. And mostly they haven't felt the success of being able to do it successfully. 
So my friend, I would love to know what you thought about this episode. I would love to know if there's a particular struggle that you have that you can't find your way out of in terms of your own home. I'd love to know if you're able to look at your space in a new way and find a healing pathway and share that with our community. To do that, go to our community page. There is a, for this episode, there is a, um, a post available that you can jump in there and you can just share your experience. You can share what you struggle with. Uh, you can share how you get derailed and maybe you have a success tip that you've found over time that gets you to the other side of this thing that we we all joke about, but uh, it's it's real and it's frustrating and it can really affect a lot of our a lot of the areas of our life that we are not, you know, currently in. If you do have a child that you struggle with their ability to be able to keep their space in the way that you know that they might function better, I would love for you to head over to my website and check out my Power Me Up program. It's designed, it's not just a design program, it's a feel and function and an empowerment program. And for the months of July and August, it's on sale for 50% off. That's a huge savings, my friends. So please go over and check it out. I would love to work with you through that. And if you just have general questions, please head to the community page and share there. I would love to have you over there. And if you haven't already subscribed, I would love for you to subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review, reach out. You, my friend, are so capable and it's so wonderful to have you here. Have a wonderful week. Thank you, my beautiful friend, for being here today. I just want to remind you that you are a beautiful light in this world. And don't be afraid to shine. Because the world is a better place because you're in it. And if there's a woman in your life, a girl in your life that you know that needs to hear that, I encourage you to reach out to her today and remind her just how extraordinary she is. And if there's someone who you feel like could benefit from the conversation that we had today on the podcast, I would love, it would mean the world to me for you to share this conversation with someone in your life today. If you haven't had the opportunity to subscribe to the podcast, 
please head over to Apple and subscribe. There are directions on the InHerEyesPodcast.com webpage that give you complete instructions if you've never done that before on Apple and also on Spotify. All you have to do is hit the follow button and you'll be part of the community. And speaking of community, here with season four, we have created the In Her Eyes podcast forum as a community page. So head over there, introduce yourself, say hi, let me know what this podcast has brought into your life and the wisdom, your wisdom, the wisdom that has come to you through listening. Because I know together we are powerful, beautiful women. Until next time, so much love.